get a miracle. Four seconds to go. Travis. Little hook in line. And here we go. Travis scoops it up. We're still alive. That went backwards, but it's loose on the fumble. Boy, this is going to be interesting if it's a touchdown. It is. 2-1 pitch. Driven in the air to left. Back at the wall. It is gone. Back to back. Braves take the lead. Yo, 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 what's up everybody and welcome to Tap Room Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around, that's right because it's about two of the greatest things on the planet, sports and beer, I'm your host Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats here with my partner as always Mr. Big Ballin Ben Larson, what's going on tonight Ben? Not too much, man. It's a, uh, a happy Halloween for us. I mean, we record uh, the night before, but I, I did hear kind of the scariest thing about uh, this year's Halloween. Tomorrow's Monday. Monday. Tomorrow <laughs> Monday. So, you this know, it is what it is. Dude. Is what this it is. This dude would find a way to put a Monday joke in there, <laughs> man. I like it. But, uh, man, I mean, shitty baseball today on. I mean, it's a rough, rough ending to that game. Um, there was some good football games though. That was uh, that was impressive, and you know my sharks are still positive. So over five hundred, I'm I'm gonna take it and run. Shocking and too, run. with all yep. those COVID uh people out on yeah, Saturday still night. Still won the game. Yeah, still won that game yesterday. So that was a good thing. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm doing a lot better than Florida State betters that had plus nine yesterday. Ooh, I don't know yeah. If you- that was a that, that, that might be the worst beat of all time, dude. That was oh my god. And like Ben, 91% of public tickets were on Florida State yeah. plus nine. Yep. Just an absolute heartbreaker, man. But man, it's Halloween. We out here, you know, enjoying life. I had a group of trick-or-treaters, one group. I didn't of, have a uh, single one. Didn't have a single trick-or-treater. So that means damn. I have two bags of candy for me. It's well, when these kids came, I had like a whole bucket, and I was like, Yo, you guys are the first kids to come, just take <laughs> just it, dude. Take like, it. <laughs> you guys just take as much as y'all want because oh, I don't yeah. want to be stuck with it because I know I'll eat it. Yep, but yeah, man, we here, man. Sunday, uh, weird NFL season, weird NFL week again, and we'll get, we'll get to that when we get to NFL. But you know, I'm sipping on a beer from a brewery I always attend, and I've never drank this one, Ben. Yeah, which is absolutely crazy because I know I've had it, I think, probably every time that I go there um, just because it's my favorite type of beer. But um, so, yeah, so for everybody who doesn't know uh, the Taproom Sports podcast, I mean, hence the name, uh, we love beer just as much as we love sports. And we've grown through, you know, different phases of beer, whether uh, it was, you know, back in college where we just drink to drink um, to, you know, starting to feel fancy and, and starting to go up like, I guess, IPAs are big in California, even bigger than you know everywhere else. But uh, going through the California IPA phase, where it was, uh, you know, let's put as much hops in, you know, as we can just to make it hoppy. And we went through the but sour love. phase of just making it sour to be sour. 
and now we've uh, we've kind of encompassed it all and we've uh, kind of brought this uh, this love of beer into our love of sports and you know it's uh, great to get out to breweries great to you know get that uh, beer delivered and you know just give our opinions on it and uh, that's what we're going to be doing so we're going to review two beers per show um, sometimes when we have some people on we'll do three but um, you know we just want to kind of get you know the the different breweries the different brewers you know out there let people know what we think is a good beer what isn't a good beer and uh, maybe you guys will see it and try it but at the least we want you to go out there check out your local breweries check out your local bottle shops and just try something new because you know the things I used to not like I like now some of the things I like now or sorry some of the things I don't like now I used to like before but um Facts. Both of my beers today are from Tavour, so make sure you go to tavour.com or download the Tavour app, use promo code TAPROOM, get 10 bucks off your first purchase of $25 or more. So you little teased it for uh, for your beer, so what are you drinking uh, as your first one tonight? So my first beer tonight, I'm drinking a 702 Pale Ale out of Tanaya Creek. Um, you know, I do go to Tanaya often, it's very close to my house, it's one of few breweries in Las Vegas, like true breweries in Las Vegas. Um, and usually when I go there, like they have a killer Pilsner award-winning Pilsner, which I, which is my go-to there. It's very, very good. If you've ever heard me review it, or if you listen to Taproom Sports Wagers or anything, man, that's the best beer there. Um, and then I, I also like their hop ride because what Ben was saying, you know, there was a phase where, you know, California breweries just packed hops into IPAs and that's yep. the kind of shit I like, dude. <laughs> and that's yeah. a, I can't do it. I, <laughs> I like the I like the hop right IPA, but this you know Ben loves pale ales, dude. He's a pale ale guy. Yep. Um, I like I like pale ales too. I think they're I think they're good and delicious and they're light and crisp. This one's a five point two percent, so it's easy nice. to drink. Yep. Um, so you know I've taken a few sips of it already. It's it's definitely like I told you, it's better than their Gypsy Fade IPA or yeah, yeah their Gypsy Fade IPA. And that's another IPA that they make that I like, which is less hoppy than the hop ride. But yeah, so far, so good on this one, Ben. Yeah, my first beer love was uh, Sierra Nevada's Pale. And it will always be a, a, a oh, Sierra a makes one I of the best pale heart. ales ever. Yep. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's kind uh, of the standard pale ale, probably. Exactly. Yep. And it, it started as that industry standard and has kept it, you know, for, God, I think it's been about 20 years now um, that they've been making that. So absolute quality um and i i do like that that 702 that's a good one uh, that's a go-to when i head out there to uh to vegas um but i'm more interested an, in your beer but yeah i'm drinking an evil twin tonight um and it is not a beer uh so it is an imperial seltzer um made by brewing company so i made sure that was okay to have on the podcast but this is uh they do a line of seltzers called evil water um i'm gonna have another one coming up at some point because i did get another one of those uh from tavour but this is called hawaiian punch um so again it's an imperial pastry seltzer coming in at 7.4 percent and it is brewed with the actual hawaiian punch um that drink uh so it tastes like cherry raspberry mango pineapple and passion fruit um, and it's, it's denoted as a semi-dry. So we'll see how, uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, first sip and first smell, it smells almost orange juicy. Um, but the sip tastes exactly Ooh. like, uh, like the Hawaiian punch drink. So question, I'm not sure if you have the answer to this, but you may, what are the like legal 
logistics of using like Hawaiian punch for a drink that you are then selling? You know, I'm, I'm guessing that they have to get, uh, they have to get kind of approval from the company that makes it. I mean, we saw um, artisanal use uh, the warhead and, but they use they, like the logo and everything. Well, yeah, but they, they went to that candy manufacturer and they utilized the, you know, the actual, um, like syrups that they use in the candies to get that yeah. same flavor. I'm guessing that's the same thing that, um, you know, that uh, Evil Twin did was went out to that company and I don't know who owns Wine Punch, but asked if they can use that and I think it's market Pepsi, it. Dude. With, it could be and market it with the actual title of Hawaiian Punch. So, yeah. Or whatever. I was thinking about that when I, when you first showed it to me, I was like, damn, that's pretty interesting. Like, I wonder what the backstory is, like how they were able to sell that beer. Cause yeah. usually that would be like copyright infringement or trademark infringement. Or, yeah. I don't even know how it works, but it could also be because they, they change it up. You know what I mean? It could not yeah. even like, I'm not sure how the laws work for food and beverage, I guess yeah, I'm it, saying. It doesn't have the logo on it. So, and really doesn't even reference it other than, you know, in the, the description on the beer can. Um, but I'm sure they had to, uh, you know, had to get some jurisdiction to use it. So crazy leaders giving you guys lawyer law advice too. don't take my law advice. That's for damn sure. (laughs) Only on the sports podcast. Yeah. Yeah, Don't hire us to be lawyers, dude. You'll probably lose your case. (laughs) I got family for that. So Let's hop into uh, something we do know or kind of know, I guess, uh, because I'm not having a good NFL season this year after crushing it last year. But let's talk some NFL football, Ben. Crazy week, crazy first half. Um, Before we get into the first half, because we are through week eight, which normally would be the first half. I guess we have 17 weeks, so we don't have a true half game this year. We don't have a halfway marker. So we'll call week eight the halfway point. Yeah. but some crazy games, man. Some crazy games today. Um, very impressed with New Orleans beating Tampa Bay. Jameis does get hurt in that game. But we have an interesting setup down the stretch for this division, which I don't think anybody thought was going to be, you know, even close at any point. Like, yeah. we all thought Tampa was running away with this division. You know, what was your thoughts on on this game between the Saints and the and the Tampa Bay Bucks, and do you think that Tampa Bay has an actual? Or I'm, I'm sorry, not Tampa Bay. Do you think the Saints have an actual shot at winning this division? I mean, I don't. I don't think the Saints have an actual shot at winning the division. I mean, we talked about um, you know the the ease of schedule that you know the Bucks have, and I, I mean, looking at the schedule as we're you know I just pulled it up. You know, the Saints do have a, a pretty easy schedule coming forward. I mean, the biggest team that they're going to be playing, I mean, they do play the Bills, they play the Titans, um, they'll play the Cowboys again, play the Bucks again. You know, who knows what the Panthers are? So, you know, that could be a difficult game. But, I mean, we talked about the ease of schedule that the Bucks have, you know, throughout this whole year. And I think that's going to really play into how this division ends up. It's... Uh, you know, is this just that the Bucks weren't prepared for how, uh, what was it, Simeon? Um, Simeon? Yeah. But, I mean, they were how, losing the game before he got hurt. Before absolutely. James got hurt. Absolutely. But we know the, the Bucks are a second half team and, you know, that they, they definitely pull things together in the, the latter half of the game. But, 
not knowing what Simeon was going to do definitely plays a part into, you know, a, a nine point loss here. Um, you know, I just don't think it was really a, a great game for the Bucks. You've got a, a little bit of injury issues here, but I mean, we're just looking at Tom Brady getting a little older. Um, you know, the Saints defense definitely stood up today, you know, with those two interceptions and, you know, made plays when they had to. Yeah, I thought, you know, the Bucks' two losses this season are to the Rams and to the Saints. And in both those games, they weren't able to run the ball efficiently, effectively, I should say. Today, they only ran the ball for less than 50 yards. Yeah, that's a big issue. You know, and then against Fournette the Rams. Have a good game. Bernard only had that one good run. And other than that, he had a, another run that was five yards. Yeah, dude. And then against the Rams, they couldn't run the ball either. Yep. And that's that's the big issue because if you look at all the other games that they play, they're able to run the ball effectively. Mm-hmm. And when they're able to run the ball, it opens everything else up in their game because of the play action. And you have all those weapons on the outside. Evans, Godwin. Yes, I know AB hasn't played today. Yes, I know Gronk didn't play today, but they're usually there. But even without those two guys, you still have a plethora of weapons. OJ Howard, Cameron Brait. I mean, it's unbelievable, dude. Um, and that's really yeah. But but Brait and Howard are definitely not at that same level of AB and Gronk. I would I would say Howard's a better receiving tight end than Gronk. Gronk is just a better all around tight end because he's a better blocker. But Howard is a he's got a better, better kind of football mindset. He reads the plays a little bit better. He's he's a veteran, dude. Yeah. Howard's young, but Howard is a much better athlete. He's a much better receiver. Just not as the same blocking, but that's still still all predicates on their run game. If they're not able to run the ball, they're a different team. So I think that, you know, now it's easier said than done to stop the run, dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying, yeah. but the blueprints out there, stop the run against Tampa. You have a chance to win the game. Yeah. Um, now, as far as the saints are going forward, I mean, the saints has been, the saints have been top five DVOA defense all year long. You know, they beat two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game in Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady this year. And they have five picks between the two of them. They picked them off five times, Ben, two hall of fame, two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game. I mean, they've had they both had their worst games against the Saints defense. So I think the Saints defense is for real. I think that does give them a chance to win this division. However, I think things could get interesting if Jameis Winston does not come back or if he's not 100% healthy. I don't think Jameis Winston is coming back. That looked like a, a pretty good knee injury there. <laughs> it did. And, and Sean Payton is a quarterback guru, but I. Obviously, Jameis Winston is a much more talented quarterback than Trevor yeah. Simeon, dude. There's no denying that. So I think that could be issues. Um, I'd be honest, I'd honestly be surprised if the Saints won the not honestly, I would be absolutely surprised if the Saints won this division. Yeah. I think any of us would, to be honest. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I still think it's the Tampa Bay Bucks to to lose at this point. Um, you know, both with uh with two losses in the year, but again the Bucks have just a, a much easier schedule. And I think that's something that um, you know, NFL give them kind of a, a, 
you know, little, little crutch there. And that's going to help them win this division. In my opinion. Ben, how lucky is Tom Brady? This guy dominates the AFC East dude for fucking two decades. AFC East is like total garbage. You can't even name three other quarterbacks that played in the AFC East in, in the last 18 years he was there. Then this guy goes to the NFC South. Drew Brees retires, right? Yep. And then he has a – now he gets to dominate the NFC South, which is arguably, like, one of the worst divisions in football. Yep. God's That's child, man. Sounds God's about right. child. Sounds about right. Yep. Tom Brady. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns because, you know, we spent some time talking about them on APR and the game for Pittsburgh. Um, They were four-point favorites against the Steelers at home, Baker Mayfield starting, and they lose the game 15-10 to outright. Do do we have concerns about Baker Mayfield at this point? I mean, we've always had concerns about Baker Mayfield, but for this season, my concern is his health and that they're not going to win games when he's not healthy. And, you know, they're they're going to put him in when he's even at 50% over Keenum. And, you know, to be honest, I think that's – I think he's a better QB than Keenum. And I, I know he's a better QB than Keenum. But, like, he can't – when he can't plant, when he doesn't have that, that, um, that extra power when, within his – non-throwing shoulder like that's a major issue with you know the way that he's been playing the way that that the Browns are utilizing him because I mean with Chubb hurt with um I mean Chubb played a little bit today not great but then with um uh, Kareem Hunt hurt as well like they don't have that dual threat option that you get when you have a you know top of the line QB and you know even a great running back there and, you know, the injuries are, are just mounting up on them and causing major issues. Um, Case Keenum does have a higher QBR this season in one start than in one game. Yeah. Versus, but two? versus uh, the Broncos. But yeah, okay. the Browns were on a third string quarterback and they were missing a ton of weapons, too. So it's not like. He, I mean, Baker Mayfield had Nick Chubb today. Case Keenum didn't have Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb he had, only had 61 yards today. On 16 that's, carries? That's the, they rushed the for 96 yards. That's the Steelers' defense there, too. I mean, we talk, we know that the Steelers' defense is good. We don't. We know that the Steelers' offense is not good. So you so got to throw the me ball. That it was a 15 to 10 game. Yeah, but he can't throw the ball when he's hurt. Like that's the thing. Like, then why is he it, playing? That because he's still better than Keenum, and nah. you know that the, the won coaching you a staff. Game. You know that the coaching staff. You know that the execs are going to have Baker Mayfield in the in the the. I wouldn't know, even in, say the coaching staff. I would say the executives because he was the number one overall draft pick. He was the number one overall draft pick. He sells tickets. If yeah. you're, that's if I you mean, you just option. nailed it with those two things. It's, yeah, it hasn't. If if because all right, let's be honest, dude. I'm not saying Keenum's better than Baker Mayfield, but they're pretty. They're on equal playing field. I would not put them on equal playing field when they're both healthy. Nope. I would. Keenum's Mayfield is better. Better. Dude, Keenum went. Keenum led a team to the NFC Championship before, like two years ago. And Baker led a shitty Cleveland team to through the playoffs last year. 
No, they won one playoff game, and that was not a shitty team, dude. They were the number one rushing team in the league all season long. He grew them from the shitty team that they were. But it's it's not really because of him, though. That's the thing. Is like and the, they Keenum, succeed and when they run the ball. wasn't the reason why, you know, that team went deep into the playoffs. was the defense, but yeah. he made plays, dude. The Minnesota Miracle, that's a play they'll get talked about for the rest of eternity, dude. The Minnesota Miracle. And he threw the pass on that Keenum play. Keenum is not the answer. Oh, he's not the long-term answer, but Baker is He's not even either. the short-term. So I would take Keenum over Baker personally. But that's here nor there. Oh, because know. at the end of the day, this team – at the end of the day, this team's only going to go as far as the running game takes them because that's really what their offense is predicated yep. on. And they're both hurt. Well, Chubb is not at 100%. We know if that you play he's not though. There's if you play no. though, there's no excuses, man. If you can't get if, dude, he's no not, excuses. He's not bro. the one making the decision of him playing or not. Yeah, it's his body. I mean, all if he says I'm play. not going to play. No, it's his body. Give me a break. They all have to play if they don't want, even if they didn't want to. No, unless you're unless you're sitting it's a out different the whole age. No, I mean he, dude, he missed two weeks. He came back. I mean, he didn't look bad today. He just. There wasn't that many holes. Dude. Average 3.3 yards. That's not great. 3.8. But who's counting? <clears throat> Four is the average. But that's because Pittsburgh's one of the best run defenses in football, though. Yeah. So, so and it doesn't surprise me that they but that's when you need your quarterback to step up. Like these are the kind of games you need your quarterback to win you games if you're gonna be a contending team. And Baker can't do that. He's not gonna win you a game ever. He hasn't. When is Baker won the when is name me a, a memory of Baker Mayfield winning a football game when everything else around him wasn't going perfect? Oh, you he know, couldn't me do it against Cleveland football games. <laughs> he couldn't do it that. against I totally know those. But that's that's my point, is that's how the the Browns are built. They need to run the ball effectively and play good defense for them to be successful. Quarterback play comes second. Now imagine putting a good quarterback on that team, like let's say Who's a above average quarterback out there? Let's say uh, Derek Carr, for example. Dude, this would be a Super Bowl contending team. He'd probably get hit fifteen times and have a torn up shoulder as well. Like, well, I mean, you got to think. But the that Cleveland has one of the best other, offensive lines in football. But the QB still gets hit a lot. Yeah, because they, Baker holds Baker on to the ball too long. A lot as well. So that's his fault. He pulls on the ball too damn long. Anyways, let's move on. Hold on. Before we move on, I'm not hating, dude. He's just, he's not that great of a quarterback, dude. He's a game manager. He's like a average quarterback in the league. Average. He's better than average. All right. So do you think he's a top 16 quarterback? Top 16 quarterback? Yes. He's better than average. I'd put him in that, that 10 to 15 10 to 16 area 10 to 15 who's he better than I tom brady Aaron rogers than... kyler murray patrick mahomes josh allen um russell wilson dak uh dak prescott um Derek carr is better than him um I would say he's like in that. I would say he's in that Kirk Mahomes, Cousins range, Herbert. dude. Yeah, definitely Mahomes, Herbert. 
for sure. Matthew Stafford's better. Stafford, yeah. Um, I say Wilson. Yeah, I said Russell Wilson. Okay. That's, I would that's, put him. And that's I would only, say that's 12, 13 teams right there. Yeah, I'd put him in the average quarterback range. I yeah, put him with that's like what the I'm Kirk saying. Cousins like 10 to of 16, the world. But I'd put him in that second the half. The Jimmy Garoppolo's him, of the world. I'd put him better than Jimmy. I'd put him better than. If you take him over Cousins. Jimmy, Jimmy's a glass house, bro. Um, so is Baker. Not as bad. <laughs> not. I mean, Baker hasn't been injured the last fifteen seasons. Um, I but I'd put him over. To uh, I'd put him over Jones yeah. right now. I'd put him over Wilson. I'd put him over Danny Dimes. I'd put him over Jalen Hurts. I'd put him over uh, Heineke. I'd put him over Cousins. Um, uh, I wouldn't put him over. Cousins. Put him over Fields. I would still take I'd put him over um, Lions QB. Um, Goff. Goff. Thank you. I'd put him right there with Big Ben. Um, I'd put Ben's wash. I'd put um i put uh burrow above him and you know who's our who's yeah so he's like starter so we think he's like, like 15 to 18 range i'd put him in that because we've named 15. 15 we've named over 15 quarterbacks then yeah i'd put him in that that 14 to 18 range yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah, that's where I have him. I have him as an average quarterback. That's about right. In a 32 team league, he's about average. Yep. He's not gonna win you a game, but he'll he He can win you a game. Once in a blue he, moon. I oh, can't even name on. you a time he won a game. He can win you a game. He can win you a game better than other the other, you know, second half of this the league. So you put that over, you know, any of those other teams. I don't know. I put Mac Jones winning me a game over Baker, though. No, that's facts. That's facts. Um, talking about not not succeeding, Cincinnati, dude, coming off a big win against Baltimore last week. Ben just laid an egg against the New York Jets. Like, I don't think anybody in this planet saw this coming. The Cincinnati Bengals were minus nine favorites at on the road in New York, yep. um, which would put them at about, they had basically about a 70% chance to win this game. You know, what's your thoughts on, what was your thoughts on, uh, on this one, dude? I mean, I think we talk about it and, you know, a lot of it is just that, um, you know, since he overlooked this game, I would definitely say that they were looking into next week and, you know, figured, especially with Mike White in, um, you, you know, nobody thought Mike White would go out and, put 400 yards out um you know and you know they were looking ahead to the browns and they were planning for that and figured that this would just be an easy win let's have two weeks to uh you know to to look forward to that and man dropped an egg so that's a great point because you know the cardinals lost to the packers who are missing you know their top three three receivers mm-hmm. um then the Vikings lose to the Cowboys who have Cooper Rush at home. And then the Bengals lose on the road to Mike White and yep. the New York Jets. And the Jets were missing Corey Davis, who's their leading receiver coming into this game. So that was a huge loss for them too. Um, that's a great point because I do think that teams over overlook teams, dude, especially 
you know, the Bengals coming off that big win on the road, non-division opponent, the New York Jets, who haven't been good this season. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're going to fucking coast through yeah. by these Look how we clowns. just played against Baltimore. We don't need yeah. to worry about, uh, about the Jets. No way. Yep. That's, and, uh, and that's that, exactly what happened. That's a great point because that was that's kind of what I – I noticed this week about a lot of games, dude, about injuries too, because the Niners looked like for a second, they were going to lose to the Bears. And I was like, dude, this is like, what is going on here, dude? And so that is a great point because at the end of the day, these are all humans and you know, that gets talked about, you know, in the locker room, like, Oh yeah, we're going to fucking steamroll these guys, dude. So that's a great point. And that's one thing I realized today about watching these games. I was like, dude, I need to take more of that into consideration when I handicap these games. Yep. Well, I'm sure because we know that they have the schedule up and and probably, you know, maybe not the full schedule up, but okay, this is our, this is this week. Next week we play this team and that's yep. always going to be right there in, you know, in their, their, you know, rear view mirror, you know, Niners have Cardinals next week. That's a huge game that they have to, that that they have to it's a division prepare. game yeah and they have to prepare for that more than they have to prepare for a game like chicago because it just it means more you have to be in that right mindset to even you know at this point to even yeah, you have to you win know, your division games so if you win your all your division games you basically win your division yep it would be i think there's only one team in the history of the nfl and it's the uh oakland raiders they went eight no in the division or six and zero in the division and didn't make the playoffs. I think they're the only team to ever go undefeated in their division and not make the oh. playoffs. Mm-hmm. And w- it yeah. would make sense, right? Because you're playing a third of your games against your division. Yeah. So you think if you win all those, you're basically a lock for the playoffs. Yeah. So they're obviously more important, but that's a great point, Ben, because that is something that I realized too. Yep. Um, all right. What's your halfway point? We're halfway through the NFL season, kind of technically, What's your surprises and disappointments, Ben? Oh, man. Um, disappointments are the 49ers. Um, you know, definitely saw them being better than a, a three and four team right now. Um, you know, I definitely think that there's been some key injuries that have caused some issues there, um, whether it's, you know, a little bit of Jimmy G, a little bit of Trey Lance, uh, both being, you know, kind of banged up. I really thought that was going to be a good one to punch. Um, you know, Mostert out in the first week. Um, the Niners secondary has been rough, uh, but again, that, that has to do with some of the injuries there. Um, that's, uh, that's been kind of a disappointment. Um, I, Tua has been a huge disappointment. I thought he was going to come back incredibly strong, um, you know, in this off season, he has all the, you know, all the options, all the, you know, players to make that offense great and it's just it's horrible and then you know to you know second up that their defense is just trash this year too um coming back in in a complete 180 from where they were last year being one of the top defenses in the league now being one of the worst defenses in the league so that's um that's surprising to me um Another disappointment of the Giants. Um, I thought they made some great offseason moves to, you know, pick up more options for for Danny Dimes, and has not uh, has not produced there. Um, and again, Saquon Barkley being hurt again um, plays a huge aspect into that. Not having that uh, that run option there, 
but um yeah that's that's tough so those those would definitely be my disappointments um my surprises uh the cincinnati Bengals, um how they've um you know they've played in these first you know eight weeks um surprised at how burrow has come out strong and you know we had a huge question mark with him is he is that knee going to hold up is he going to be able to to move the way that he used to move and he's proven us you know that that he can um having jamar chase taking jamar chase instead of um you know an offensive lineman was a huge gamble um and man did they make the right pick there because yes an offensive lineman at at number what they were four hey who said on the live stream that was a great pick No, because we all thought Sewell was going there, and we all we all had Sewell being that number number four pick going there. So yes, it well, was we all, a pick. We all but thought, I think but I said it, would it was benefit. A... It would have benefited them even better to have Sewell as that I mean, number one. Pick. Fucking Sewell, Sewell, don't, Sewell playing out there in Detroit. Fucking yeah, yeah. Like that's it would have been a hell of a lot better for Sewell to be on on uh, Cincinnati, but. um i'm impressed with the uh you know with the cardinals um hoping kyler's not too injured um i think they said he had a high ankle sprain uh to end that game last on thursday so you know hopefully that's that's just a one-week thing and not a um he can't afford to miss zero games this fool better be healthy dog um Let's see. Anything else? Cowboys, how they've bounced back. I mean, yeah, Cowboys have a good win. big win with Close a backup quarterback. Yep. Um, yeah, that was the game they should have lost. They should have, but they, they honestly a, dominated it. That was a game that they should have won with Dak, but oh, they would have easily won it with Dak. Yeah. Yep. So easily after so that think, performance. I think those are my uh my my half season surprises and disappointments nice so i was also gonna say the dolphins is one of my surprises and you know you were mentioning the offense and then you did mention the defense and i was gonna compound on that and really say the defense has been my biggest surprise because you know they went from one of the a top five defense last year to just fucking dog shit dude yeah like just horrible bro howard is like what are you doing after you got that big payment well the hardest thing to replicate is turnovers in the NFL going yeah. back to back years, getting, you know, top in turnovers, saving Howard last year. I always say it's a bad thing when, when quarterbacks are throwing to you a lot, because if you think about the great cornerbacks in the history of the league, the Deion Sanders, the Charles Woodson's and, and players like that, they don't get the ball thrown to them. The Darrell yeah. Revis's, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, Xavier Howard got a lot of throws his way last year, and it just so happened that, you know, bounces went his way, you know, yep. things change year to year. And that's a huge, huge reason why. So we should be happy with this payday, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but they, the Miami Dolphins have been a huge surprise. And then, you know, my second biggest surprise is going to be the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. I know they lost Ryan Fitzpatrick, but Taylor Heineke, I thought was a capable backup quarterback, like someone that could actually win ballgames. And honestly, I thought he was better than, than Ryan Fitzpatrick after what he showed from the Buccaneers playoff game last year. And then his first couple starts this year, but 
bro, he has too many weapons on that team to be as dog shit as he's been. He had a fourth down play at the end of the game where he like threw an uncatchable ball. It's like, dude, you at least got to give your guy a chance to catch it. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, they've been a major disappointment, but really that defense, I mean, again, Miami went from a top five defense to dog shit. Washington went from a top five defense to dog shit. Yep. And we all thought their front four was going to be the talk of the town, but they can't even get after the quarterback really. Yep. I think Jamar Chase has, I think uh, Chase, not Chase Young, not Jamar Chase. Chase Young has like one sack this year. Who was the, uh, who was the other linebacker that they picked up that was supposed to be like with Chase Young and Tim? It was just, well, I mean, he's to be... a, he's a linebacker though, but uh, oh my God, what the hell is his name, dude? It's, I'm running a blank here. I'll find it. I'll find it while you're talking. But the Washington football team has been a disaster, dude. I mean, they cannot stop the pass. They're one of the worst teams on third down. Like, they can't get off the field. It's just – it's been absolutely ugly, dude. And uh, Jamin Davis is his name. Yep. It's been – it's just been Jamin Davis. Been terrible, dude. Yep. My surprises has definitely been – on, on the positive side, it's definitely been the Cardinals, dude. As a Cardinals fan, I definitely did not expect them to be this good halfway through the year. I thought we had a chance to make the playoffs, but I definitely didn't see us leading the division halfway through the year, dude. Like, that is a major surprise to me. Hey, I know they lost – oh, sorry, go ahead. I know they lost to the Packers on Thursday night without the top three wide receivers. Cardinals are kind of banged up, too. They're, they're kind of crawling to the fuck their uh, bye week here, dude. They're just – if a, if a team needed a bye week, it's this team right now. Yep. Um. So I'm not sure how the next three weeks are going to play out because they have a lot of injuries, dude. And it, it could get ugly here in the next few weeks, dude, for this team. But halfway through the year, it's been a nice surprise. And then my second positive surprise is going to be, since you said the Bengals, I'm going to say the Saints, dude. I thought the Saints were going to be one of the worst teams in their division. Mm-hmm. But here they are fighting for a playoff spot, man. And that defense, still very good. Yep. Uh, can you pull up your uh, your info? And we got a bet going. Um, we've got the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Five DVOA. I want to see. We're at half the, the halfway mark. Well, see where we're at. I don't have uh, updated from today. Okay. Today's today is not updated, but they are eleventh DVOA in defense right now. Okay. And um, the Eddie, my Eddie bet is going to be pretty close too with the Raiders. Ten wins. They're sitting at five and two halfway through. They are so. sitting at five and two. Yep. Um, they do have a pretty tough schedule though. Yeah. The rest of the way, they got the Giants, which is pretty easy. But then they go Chiefs, Bengals, Cowboys, Washington, Chiefs, Browns. So I mean yep. they got a they got a pretty tough schedule, dude. Yeah. Before we move on, um, I don't sorry, I'm not looking at our list to see if this was the last thing. I do want to I would do want to kind of put up one thing. Um Calvin Ridley, uh props to you for uh you know taking that step back and uh you know pulling True. out of uh you know pulling out of the league. It's a it's gonna be a huge hit for for Atlanta. Um, but uh you gotta do what you have to do to to make yourself right and um super proud of him for you know just admitting that he needs to take uh take some time and uh hope that he can come back strong because he's uh 
he's a great wide receiver and just kind of a shitty situation for him right now. Yep. So we're halfway through the year, Ben. Last week, your top five teams were Arizona number one, Rams number two, Packers number three, Bengals number four, Bucks number five. I had Cardinals number one, Rams number two, Bills number three, Bengals four, Cowboys five. What's your top five this week, Ben? All right, so I have a, a little little flip-flop here. I've got uh, – I'm going to have Green Bay – oh, sorry, we'll start from – oh, damn it. Well, I said it. So Green Bay is going to be my number one <laughs> um, uh, team of the week. Um, and through our, our halfway point at this moment, I see Green Bay being the uh, the top spot. They beat a they beat a great Arizona team with uh, you know wide receiver core just absolutely devastated. So with that, their offense is going to get even better. Um, I still think Arizona is – uh, one of the best teams in the league. So they're going to be my number two. Um, just hoping that they can stay healthy, you know, more so for your sake, um, you know, throughout the rest of the year, because that's going to be the big determining factor. I'm going to go to the other NFC West team in the Rams. Um, again, this, this, their defense and offense are clicking. I love the way that they play football. Um, number four is going to be Buffalo. And uh, even though they had a bye week, I'm sticking number five with Baltimore. You know, I don't know how you have Baltimore in your top five, Ben, but that's okay. I mean, they do lead their division, so I guess I get it. Um, so my top five this week, I got I got uh, Cowboys, number five still. Big win without Dak. Cooper Rush outperformed Kirk Cousins. You got Cowboys, number five, leading the NFC East, seven and, or six and one. Then I got the Bills at number four. Um, still, they have the – best point differential in all of the league they have absolute they even dominated in their loss against the titans and still managed to lose that game and then i definitely think if they replayed that steelers game they probably win that game yeah um and then i got cardinals number three that loss to green bay kind of took them down a notch plus with all the injuries we don't we this isn't a predictive top five but because of that i am gonna drop them a little bit because of the injuries and then I got the Rams, uh, or I'm sorry, Green Bay number two because they beat the Cardinals. Um, you know, they're seven and one, six straight, seven straight wins, sorry, seven straight wins. And I got Rams number one. Rams have looked good. I know they're coming off two wins against bad teams, but they beat the shit out of both of those bad teams. So they beat the spread. So they beat their, they beat the predictive. So yeah, I like those two teams, man. I like, yeah. I like those five teams that are top five. It'll for sure be changing next week. Hopefully my Cardinals are still in the top five when we talk next Sunday. You know, <laughs> Putting that much weight in the Niners, huh? If the Niners bro, beat them, dude, the dropping, Cardinals huh? are really banged up, man. I mean, bro, <laughs> at this point, out of 22 starters, they, they're going to be going into this game missing at least 12. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty yep. – it's brutal right now, dude. It's pretty brutal. And that's – that's the way football is, though, dude. That's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. All right, let's take a break and get a word from one of our Taproom Sports affiliates. We'll hop back in here. We're, we got some baseball to talk about. We got a little bit of NHL stories to talk about. A ton more to hit on. So stay locked, stay loaded. We'll be right back. It's NFL season, and that means it's time to gamble on football. Don't worry about spending endless nights researching games. We've got you covered. I'm Big Ballin' Ben Larson. And I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads. And I'm Steady, Eddie Martin. And we are the APR Podcast. 
Join us every Thursday morning as we dive in and handicap every game of the upcoming week. Impress your friends and family with your newfound knowledge of NFL football. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see y'all there. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. All right, we are back. Make sure to check out APR. I mean, since we were just talking about football, we got to put the APR message there. Make sure to check out APR. We go over every single game of the week. And, uh, man, we, we had some some good uh, good takes on that show this week. So make sure to check out week nine next week. But it is time to get back to beer. I had that, uh, that crazy seltzer for my first. You had a pail for your first. What's your number two going to be? So my second beer is going to be out of Central Standard Brewing Company out of Wichita, Kansas. This is the first time I've ever had this. Oh, it's actually American Solera and Central Standard Brewing Company. Okay. First time I've had both of them. It's the DAC Boom Boom. It's an Imperial Gose style sour ale with banana, coconut, marshmallow flavor, vanilla, lime, milk sugar, and sea salt a lot in there a lot very <laughs> island ish um, it is eight percent okay big, so if big i start slurring my words dude i'm sorry ben <laughs> i don't mean to do that to you again <laughs> it happens um i'm gonna go with my number two i'm gonna go with another evil twin um the uh Tavour box was very uh very Evil Twin Heavy, so I'm, I'm going for it uh, this week. This is going to be Dumb Fruit 8. I had the uh, Dumb Fruit 6, and it was a very good beer. Um, so this is a pineapple, passion fruit, peach, and gummy peach rings. And they actually used gummy peach rings to, uh, you know, in making this beer. And this is a sour ale coming in at 6.6%. You know when the brewery describes it as thick with three Cs, you know it's going to be a good beer. So I, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. It is smoothie-like, uh, but it does not have milk sugar in it, which makes me happy. Um, and, you know, hopefully we don't get some dumb fruit comments in this next <laughs> section, but we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, we got to see how this World Series is going to go. Right now, it's 3-2, to two, Braves lead. We're heading back to Houston for the final two games. The Braves were up 3-1, to one, undefeated at home, hadn't lost a game, 7-0 total in the postseason. I thought this was a good chance to close it out. I'm a little worried for Atlanta here because, you know, they're good at blowing 3-1 leads, right? We've seen it, 3-1 type leads, 28-3 in the Super Bowl, end up losing the game. Um you know, this is just how Houston likes to do it, dude. I mean, how Atlanta likes to do it. Yeah. So, I, I'm not worried. You're not worried? I said it Atlanta in six from the get-go. I knew we knew that that um, Houston was going to come out hot today. Um, I think Atlanta got a little overzealous. They hit a grand that. slam. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So they got a little overzealous with that grand slam in, in the first inning and just kind of let things go from there. Um and didn't push like they should have pushed. And Atlanta saw that with the backs against the, or sorry, uh, uh, Houston saw that with the backs against the wall, and they knew that they had to put up big numbers here. So I'm not, I'm not surprised that this, you know, happened today. Um, would I have loved to have it end in five? 
you know, in Atlanta, absolutely. But that's just going to make those Houston tiers even better when the Braves take it in Houston. So I'm still, I'm still going with Braves are going to take it. You've got um, Freed on the hill. Uh, Your Quiddy, who pitched yeah. really well his last start. But he has not pitched really well in his last two in Houston. So he won uh, his last start in Houston. Was I looking at that wrong? Uh, I was looking at his his last starts away. Shit, my bad. Uh, he was he was not good against Boston. One and two thirds, uh, five runs, and then I was also looking at his Tampa. Uh, no, I was looking at at LA. Um, uh, I guess those at signs don't mean that they're at home. But der. Uh, where did uh? <laughs> but your quitty pitches for Houston. He couldn't have pitched out LA unless it was the Angels right before the playoffs. It was the Angels. Was that, right? a, that was uh, his okay. last away game. Uh, that he pitched uh, he went five and a third and six uh sorry six hits four runs so uh, okay, okay um but you know i think this is this is going to be a different game i mean we talked about how good freed you know how good freed is i thought today wasn't good in his last hill, start though yeah but not having last two starts actually was not uh you know was not the best uh you know the best thing there that's a, a huge loss for them um, but hoping for six, I'll still take it in seven, but I'm going Atlanta win. I still like Houston, man. I like Houston in seven. I thought not in five, huh? <laughs> like you said last week, <laughs> not in five, <laughs> not in five. Um, but I thought this was a huge opportunity for Atlanta, dude. I, and I, you know, I told myself before this game, I was like, if, and, you know, I talk to myself all the time. I was like, if Atlanta loses this game, there's no way they're going to win the series, dude. Like, going because Houston's going to undef- win three games in a row. They have the potential to do so. That's they're a good team, dude. And at some point, dude, Jordan Alvarez has to fucking get out of this little mini slump he's in, dude. He hasn't done. He's it all too series, good of so. a. He's too good of a hitter. First of all, and second of all. At, uh, Astros batters, I, I do think one thing I realized today from previous the previous two games before this was I thought they were, like, trying to swing for the fences the previous two games. Today, they were really, like, taking what the pitcher gave him. And I, I texted you before. I was like, bro, it, it seems like the Braves pitchers are, like, they're trying to pitch around the strike zone rather than pitch inside the strike zone. And the well, Astros were getting into our, a lot of hitters counts with most of our umps. So that's fine. You don't have to be in the strike zone for it to be an actual strike. So, but I mean, they know, were way off the zone. No, I know. I know. I know. Um, but oh no, it's not. Am I looking? Or quitty pitch started today. It's not going to be against a quitty. No, he, did he? Yeah. You got the win. And he gave the grand slam, or did he come in as no? Relief? No, he came in. He came in as relief, pitched an inning. Yeah, no, he'll oh, he'll still be good. It's like a bullpen session. Yeah. Okay. That's like a bullpen session. And that's the other thing too, Ben is uh Braves hit that grand slam, and to get up four nothing and then lose the game, dude, that's pretty fucking brutal. I mean, you did say it's early. We'll see, but that's a brutal way to lose. That that could like shake a fucking. Uh, a clubhouse and then you know you're looking at 
these Braves batters, and like I was telling you, dude, they scored 18 runs in this in this uh, series, and only six have not been from home runs. So, like, they're hitting a ton of home runs. That's hard to replicate game in and game out. Trying to see how my guy um... – I mean, yes, no, because they have been replicating it game in and game out this series. So, Dude, Eddie Rosario. And you did not put in Minter. Well, Minter's been good all postseason. He just happened to – against uh, against Houston. It's because he's a lefty, dude. They hit lefties well, which is why I think they're going to beat Freed. That's going to come down to game seven. Who do they throw? They probably throw Ian Anderson out there on short rest. But, I mean, he pitched well. I mean, they had a no, he had a no-hitter through five. So, it's going to come down to game seven. I think I think Houston definitely wins game six, dude. I think it goes down to a game seven. So, yeah, by next right. week, we'll be, we'll, be, we'll be talking about a winner for this. Yep. You got, you got Astros in six. You got a winning game six? I have Braves still in six, yeah. Braves right. in six. If you took Astros in six, or sorry, Astros in seven, that would have had uh, plus 400 if you took them before, before the series there. So Yeah, I took them in five stupidly, but yep. <laughs> I thought they were going to definitely win the first two at home. That kind of changed everything when they split. But all right, let's hop into the five-minute clinic, Ben. If you are new to the show, this is a segment where we spend five minutes on one section. So this week, we're going to talk about Kyle Beach in the Chicago Blackhawks. So earlier this week, Kyle Beach, former NHL player for the Chicago Blackhawks, came out publicly and said that he is John Doe in the Jenner and Block independent investigation into the Chicago organization and the sexual abuse scandal dating back to 2010. So there's a lot to unpack in this whole situation, but we saw um, the head coach of the Blackhawks, who whose name I can't pronounce. What's his name, Ben? The, the head coach at the time? Yeah. Um, Joe Quinville. Yeah, Joe Quinville. He's now the head coach of the Florida Panthers. He resigned from head coach of the Florida Panthers because yeah. of this. And then also the GM of the Chicago Blackhawks also Stan resigned. Roman. Yep. Stan Bowman resigned. Um, so, you, so, like I said, there's a lot to unpack from this whole thing, Ben. So, what is your what's your thoughts on this whole situation? I mean, I, it's it's disgusting. It's horrible. It's um, it, it's incredible to see that a team put their Stanley Cup run in front of sexual assault. And, you know, to, to let Aldrich just continue on with his day-to-day life, even knowing that this, this had happened and this was happening, to, you know, give Aldrich uh, recommendations to go coach in other places afterwards, where he then assaulted another, like a child at this point, a 16-year-old, and you know, just had nothing happen for over 10 years. It's just absolutely ridiculous and, and disgusting. Um, you know, it, you have the team president and CEO, John McDonough. You have Quenville, Bowman, uh, Chevel 
Chevaldeoff, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, you know, in this meeting, and they said we're gonna we're gonna put it on the back burner. We're gonna let McDonough take care of it, and nobody did anything about it. Is it's just mind blowing to me. Absolutely mind blowing to me. Yeah, man. Um, you know, it's like it's just crazy because at any regular place of work if there's like a sexual harassment claim or a harassment claim of any kind you know the first thing to do is to like investigate it and then like put the person on unpaid you know suspension or even paid suspension regardless like you know you just get them out of the organization quickly and investigate it and in this case they basically were like oh well we're in the stanley cup so nothing else matters right now we need to focus on just the stanley cup and to me that's that's kind of like it's just negligent you know absolutely they still let him have his time with the cup they still let him have his name on the cup they still let him do all of the celebrations go through the the um parade and everything and for an investigation even complete they didn't even call the the police they didn't even let them, them know that this report had been given and as a mandated reporter, you have to do that. And again, it's yeah. just shocking. It's just absolutely shocking. And I'm kind of pissed off at the NHL as well. You know, what What are they doing now? They're making making sure that Quenville, they're making sure that uh, Stan Bowman won't, you know, be within a hockey organization, you know, for, for the foreseeable future. But just the level of equity between you know the fines that they place out the repercussions of you know this serious of an issue is just absurd i mean you give uh the new jersey devils a million dollar sorry three million dollar fine when they did the salary capture convention against uh signing kovalyuk um you give the coyotes a their a loss of their top two draft picks in the two uh you know the two upcoming drafts for combine testing two weeks before they're you know they're supposed to supposed to date yeah and then you only find the blackhawks two million for hiding a situation like this yeah well they they gotta punish them more right no that's it wow it's a slap on the wrist for something that is just unexcusable yeah that's pretty disgusting man yeah, that's and, why I'm a Sharks fan, bro. Yeah, yeah, and and you hope that <laughs> not like, uh, not like we got better shit going on, but <laughs> yeah, you hope that um, you know there's there's a difference between between teams and players, and I mean even you know I know we're going over five minutes, my my bad, but you've got uh, Kane and Toes who in an interview this week were almost backing Stan Bowman and Joel Quenville and how good of people that they were, and you know how you know in you know, it doesn't make me look at them any differently. Well, this should make you look at them differently. They were hiding sexual assault and misconduct from everyone. And if if that was you, would you have thought of them a little bit differently? Yeah. If that was their kid, would they have stood up and said something like, this needs to stop great, right now? Great point. Like this, it's... It's making 
at least the the Chicago organization, if not the whole NHL, just put a huge red flag up of what's what's the mentality of a hockey team, a hockey organization, a hockey player, and what's important and what's not important. Yeah. It's bad. Great point, though. Great point on that, Ben. I think a lot of people need to actually think about their own, like putting themselves in the position of that person's parent more yeah. often, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a great point. Yeah. All right. Let's move into poor me another. Uh, so on Thursday, the NAACP sent a letter to all MLB, NBA, WNBA, NHL, and NFL players asking players not to sign with any Texas teams after a series of laws were passed in that state in the last few months. What's your thoughts on this? I mean, it's it's definitely a, a ballsy move. Definitely a ballsy move. But um, I think it's an important move. I mean, they're, the NAACP is looking out. And I think the, the players' organizations should be, you know, on the side of this because they're looking out for the players. They're looking out for, you know, the people that have platforms to really put their voice out there and let people know that that what his what's going down in in Texas, the voter right, um, uh, the taking away of voter rights, the um, abortion laws, the um, the not letting trans players play sports laws. Like this is a big situation that needs to be addressed. And, you know, with your platform, you should be taking this, this up. So I think it's, I think it's a good move for them to do it. Well, I don't know if this is controversial or anything, but I think as far as the trans players law is concerned, I think there needs to be more tests done on how, cause I mean, Men are just naturally better athletes than women, dude. That's that's not that's not shocking, dude. Like men are just better athletes, dude. Bigger, stronger, faster. Um, Built so I don't. But yes, I don't know how it translates to you know trans transgenders in high school, middle school type sports because you know people are transitioning a lot younger nowadays. I think there just needs to be more tests done. Until that, I don't have a necessarily problem because, like, if my daughter, for example, we were talking about putting people in the parents' shoes. Like, if my daughter was fighting, like, a transgender, a wrestling or something against a transgender who was a boy who transitioned to a girl, like, I'd be kind of concerned that that person could, like, really hurt her, dude. Because he's well, probably... I think the, I think the transgender she, is, is just a piece of that i think you you need to look at the you know everything that's going on in florida and sorry not florida usually it's florida um in texas and you know see that this is you know this is really harming the rights of anyone who lives in texas and yeah, I, I definitely agree with that however ben there's one interesting piece here and that is that texas has no income state tax and there's not a bunch of Colin Kaepernick's running around that are willing to sacrifice money for the greater good. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the end but of the if, day, if it stops one person. If it helps one person put that on their platform, then I hope someone does. But, you know, we've seen throughout time. I mean, we've only seen one Colin Kaepernick, the only guy that sacrificed his entire career for something, dude. Oh, the decathlon runners in the U.S. Olympics, and um, yeah, but I mean, it's, that was what forty years before. 
you know it's been a it doesn't happen it's every really day been in 40 years since we've been in the 80s huh 30 no 60s i've been in the 60s man oh. but yeah no I, I agree with you dude like i just don't think many people are willing to sacrifice the money regardless of stance dude they could definitely believe in one way or the other but because they're like oh i'm not gonna waste out on money dude yeah. all right let's move to wednesday we had uh, the cleveland guardians roller derby team pushed forward in their lawsuit against the cleveland guardians baseball team over naming issues uh, the roller Dar- derby team states that there simply cannot be two cleveland guardians teams in cleveland uh, after they trademarked the name back in 2017 so how much bad news is this for the baseball team and how much does a whirl roller derby team make uh it's trademarked i know it's, but it's how much LLC. do you think they make on a year oh i have no in idea a year all right i'll pay you a hundred times that and you give me the name well that's that's absolutely fine but they have to do that do you know what they offered them for the name what eight thousand one hundred dollars huh so the roller do routine that that's that that's equitable to 15 minutes of money that the Cleveland Guardians would make in a year. The former Indians the, was what the you're former saying. Indians, yes, uh, the former yeah. Indians would make. So, so the roller derby comes back and says, "Huh, no, that's a joke. Give us this much." And the Cleveland Guardians baseball team denied it and went forward with the naming trademarks and everything. Oh, they'll settle without that. They'll absolutely will settle. But this is bad press for for a team just starting. Oh, for sure. But I mean, like, at the end of the day, they're gonna they're gonna get the money. Which brings us to another not so fair trade. I think Uh, Tom Brady's six hundred touchdown ball versus one Bitcoin, which was sixty three thousand at the time. Uh, Plus, he got a different game ball, thousand dollar credit to the team store, two signed Brady jerseys, a signed helmet autographed Evans jersey and a game and game worn Evans cleats plus two season tickets for the rest of this year and next year fair trade or no trade no trade um dude that's I mean, we're what talking, I'm about, talking about we're talking about Brady's what original football original touchdown ball going for 500 His first touchdown 400k 400k um they're putting the amount um they're estimating the amount of this ball would have been anywhere from 500 to 750 thousand dollars um, which is equitable to a three-bedroom house uh, within in Tampa Bay here. Um, you know, I was surprised to see that uh, season tickets in that section where he the this guy was sitting, they're only eight hundred dollars a pop. So sixteen hundred dollars for the whole season. Um, so are you kidding me? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, that's it. So um, you're looking at thirty-two hundred for the tickets. Um, you know, the, the credit, the Bitcoin, you know, maybe all of this would equate to hundred K. Um, so it's a, a bad, bad move. And what I, I did think was kind of funny was the guy said he did want one more thing and he wanted to go play around a golf with Tom Brady. So we'll see if he gets that as well. I mean, that's cool. I would have, first of all, I wouldn't have given the ball back because he kind of lost a lot of leverage there. Oh yeah. But I definitely would have asked for a hell of a lot more than that. Um, you know, 
I don't really care for Tom Brady, so around the golf with Tom Brady wouldn't really impress me that much. But if it was Kyler, uh, say it was Kyler. I mean, even Kyler, like, it wouldn't press me that much. Like, it would take, like, uh, you know, around the golf with Giannis, who doesn't know how to swing a golf club. Uh, <laughs> you know, that would be that would be quite interesting. But, you know, to be honest, like, most of, you know, my heroes are playing golf now. They're not playing the game. So that's true. <laughs> it's a little different. But, yeah, man, I'm, I, I think the dude settled for way less than he could have gotten, man, to be honest. I couldn't well, believe it, dude. Right. He didn't have the leverage at that point. Yeah, he, he lost no all the leverage, leverage dude. Yeah. He was, it was basically like he had to take whatever was given to him. And the fact yep. that they gave him all this, it was like, all right. Because, I mean, all right, Bitcoin, that could potentially be worth millions. Who knows if he hangs on to it. Uh, the touchdown ball, he gave that away. Different he's game ball, that, that could be worth something. 63K in Bitcoin over the Shiba. What he's gotta yes, do. that's what he's got to do. Join Definitely. the Shiba Army, dude. <laughs> Love it. All right, let's uh, let's move on to our last one. We've got uh, yeah, Friday Night Lights brought us a uh, football game for the ages. We had Inglewood High School manhandle Inglewood Morningside um, in a game that was fifty-nine to zero at the end of the first quarter. Uh, final score ended up being 106 to zero. Morningside head coach Brian Collins said it was a classless move. Do you think this was classless? Classless, and if so, should there be a mercy rule? I don't think it was classless because if it if you are Morningside's head coach and you're getting that that obliterated, you should go to the other head coach and say, "Hey, we're gonna forfeit." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, period. Because I'm not gonna ask my kids to stop competing period like we're out there playing a game and if you're getting beat that bad you can wave the white flag but until you do wave that white flag my kids are going to continue competing period end of story and the cif put pressure on inglewood to like do an investigation into this per se and they're probably going to suspend the coach may even fire him because that's just how things go now but they need to implement a mercy rule, bro. It should be like 50 to nothing. We call the game, dude. Yeah. Like, there's no way they're 56 to nothing at, in the first quarter. Who? There's no team coming back from 56 nothing, dude. I'm sorry. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, and he did. I mean, you got to think that he did somewhat let his foot off the gas. If they were up by, you know, 59 points at the end of the first and they only ended at 106. Like... If you put the law of averages at 59 and a quarter, that'd be what 236 points at the end of the game. Yeah. So they did slow down. Um, I mean, you did they also stop go throwing for two. the ball too. You did, yeah, they did go, go for, for two, two dude. to get up, up to 106. Um, <laughs> so that's a little bit much. Um, but you've got a, I mean, you've got a top rated QB who's committed to UCLA. Um, you know, it, it is a, a big risk to keep him in the game to chance that injury. Um, but you know, at the same time, like they want to play, everybody there wants to play and, you know, I I don't think it's up to the coach to say no, or those, those high schoolers to say, no, we're not going to play anymore. It's up to the opposing team, the the people on the the wrong side of the stick. So, yeah, I agree. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. It's that time of the night. Yes, yes, we have reached the 
segment for our best bets. Last week, Ben was one and one. He had Dallas minus one, squeaked that out with a W. I don't know how. Fucking Mike Zimmer needs to be fired tomorrow. That then was he had, before we knew about Dak, too. Then he has Cincy <laughs> minus nine and a half. That was an L, unfortunately. They lost outright. I had Milwaukee Indy over 229. That has been an L. And for the record, if you have been watching the NBA, they're getting a lot lower scoring because there's not as much free throw shooting because they're not blowing as many whistles. Yep. Take the under in every game right now until it adjusts. Uh, and I'm, I also had Houston first five money line. That was an L. So what's your what's your two best bets this week, Ben? Uh, so we're going to go the football route. Um, we're going to be looking at uh, what week nine uh, action here. And, um, you know, the first first game we're going to start with is, is going to be I'm going to put it as the, the best team in the league right now. And I don't know why they're sitting at at a plus score right now. And that's going to be uh, Green Bay. Um, they're going to be away next week, which uh, which does, I guess, kind of give them a you know a little bit of a difference here. But they they're plus. Oh, actually, line has moved a little bit since I was looking at it earlier. Sorry, just pulling up my notes. Um, so they are now at plus three going into Kansas City uh, next week. So um, the, the way that the the Kansas City defense has you know absolutely blown it. We'll see how they do tomorrow night against the uh, the Giants. But uh, to have Green Bay plus odds is just absolutely stunning to me. So definitely get that bet in uh, right away. Um, and I think we can we can definitely make a lot of money there. And the other, other game is going to be the Chargers sitting at minus two and a half. Um, Chargers are taking on the Eagles next week. And the Eagles offense has just been absolutely trashed with Jalen Hurts. Um, I have not been impressed with them. Uh, I know they did... Um, so didn't even look that good today and they still yeah. won 44 to six yeah um you know so i mean it, i am kind of impressed with what they did today but it, again that was the lions against the lions team who was just bottom of the barrel absolutely bottom of the barrel and we thought this was going to be the the chance that lions had to actually win a game um but uh, i think charters need to come back and, and need to win win big here so we're going to go chargers minus two and a half Nice, dude. I like that Chargers one for sure. Uh, my two best bets this week, I'm going to go with New York Giants on Monday night, plus 10 against the Chiefs. The Chiefs have not been stellar in covering the spread since all of last year. I do think they win the game, but I don't think they win it by 10. I'm going to take the New York Giants plus 10, and then I'm going to take Astros money line on Tuesday. Talked about it earlier. I definitely think they're going to win game six, and this is going to be a seven-game series. So I'm going to take Astros money in line. Here well, I hope you're okay going one and one next week. But... I mean, I could go on two based on how my shit's been <laughs> That's true. That's very true. All right, let's talk about beer. So you had that uh, that Tanaya as your first, um, and then you had one you weren't too sure about uh, in the central standing brewing company. Uh, actually, the, I guess the collaboration with that uh, DAC Boom Boom. So let me know yeah. how those were. So the... Pale Ale, the 702 Pale. That's a good one, man. It's um, it's definitely something that I would drink regularly. You know, like I said, I never, I've been there very often, never drank it before. I'm definitely going to start getting this instead of the Gypsy Fade, which I normally get on rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give this one a 4.25 out of 5. 
the Dak Boom Boom, it's good. It's definitely not the best, like, ghost, ghost ale yeah, sour right. I've ever ghost sour ale I've ever had. Uh, I'm gonna give it a three seven five out of five. I would definitely drink it again. Not sure if I would buy it again though. Okay. Um, so you're gonna be happy with my uh, my first uh, review here because I've got two cans here sitting for you. Um, so the first was the Evil Twin Brewing Company, and this was the Evil Water. Um, this was the Hawaiian Punch Imperial Pastry Seltzer. Uh, this tasted exactly like Hawaiian Punch Soda, and especially with the uh, a 7.4%, like it, it definitely, you, you feel it, um, but you don't taste it, which I think is a really good thing. Um, usually with your stronger beers, stronger seltzers, you taste that alcohol level. And this did not, you know, this did not have that, uh, that kind of punch of the, uh, you know, the alcohol, it just had the punch of the Hawaiian punch. Um, but uh, I am going to mark it down just a little bit. Um, I think it is probably still the best seltzer I've had. Um, but because it did taste too much kind of like a soda, I am going to push this down a little bit, but not much. Um, it's getting a 4.75 out of five. Uh, absolutely great. Uh, great seltzer. I was almost going to say great beer. Uh, the second one I had was the dumb fruit eight. I'm kind of frustrated that I didn't get the dumb fruit seven, um, because I've had the six and now the eight. Um, so this was the pineapple passion fruit, peach and gummy peach rings. This was a really good beer. Um, it was, uh, so this is a sour ale coming in at 6.6. .6. It is thick um, with three seeds, um, but uh, it's incredibly fruity. Um, you get the pineapple, you get the peach. Um, it's not as sour as I would like. Um, so it does kind of drop things down a little bit, but I'm gonna give this a 4.25 out of five. It is still a very, very good, very delicious uh, sour ale, so. Another oh, yeah. more quality from uh, from Evil Twin. I like that those people who can do no wrong. So, dude, Evil Twin doesn't do no wrong, dude. Yep. Yeah, I've had one that I wasn't impressed with, but two, sorry, two that I wasn't majorly impressed with. One that I did not finish, and one that uh, I just thought Evil was Twin. Good. Yep. Yeah, yeah the Evil Twin, the one with the cacao covered almonds flavor i did not like it. i'll give that to you you can see if you like it but uh all right thanks everybody out there for uh for checking out the podcast this was podcast number 64 so we're a year and a third or a year and a quarter uh into uh you know throughout the podcast year and a quarter. almost our uh, episode 69 yep we are almost at episode 69 um <laughs> all right we are, uh, again, thank you for everybody out there for listening to the Taproom Sports Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram uh, at Taproom Sports Podcast. You can check out our Twitter at Taproom underscore sports. You can just check out Jordan's, which is at Jordan Lewis TSP. We're on Facebook. Just search the Taproom Sports Podcast, or you can visit www.taproomsportspodcast.com where you can find all of our social media information. Make sure to check out APR on Thursdays as Jordan and I are joined by Raider Eddie to talk about each NFL game of the week. Um, there's some some good matchups this uh, upcoming week nine, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, make sure to check out TSP Wagers, uh, where Jordan and I build bets from uh, the individual games that we have. Uh, let's see, it was usually we're, if if it goes to game seven, we'll be going baseball. Uh, but if not, we'll be looking at basketball and hockey this week. 
Um, and make sure to check out um, Biscuits and Barrels. We're going to be coming out with a new episode, not this upcoming week, but the week after, where we are joined by the 90 Second Beer Review guys uh, to discuss our monthly actions in hockey. So make sure to check that out. But I'm Big Ball and Ben Larson here with Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lots, and we will see you next week.